Beyond FM. St. Louis. St. Louis. St. Louis. St. Louis. The 314. St. Louis. Beyond FM. The best of everything STL. They said it was just a good story. One that would soon come to an end. They expected us to be satisfied with how far we've come. We're not satisfied. We're here to prove that the past is merely a point of reference and not a predictor of the future. Our team is relentless. We've overcome adversity. We've delivered at the most crucial times. Do you think we have their attention now? You think they can hear us? It's bigger than us. It's about our city. All of us, together, pushing towards the same goal. This is about our dream. About chasing immortality. A collective idea. A singular goal. Do you want it? Do you want to be a part of the greatest time in our history? Together, we're going to dig deep and give everything we have because this, this is all we know. Our eyes are on the ultimate goal. This is about writing a story that will be told for generations to come. And they think we're at the end. Hey, buddy, we're still here. Parental discretion is strongly advised. It's sports and local music wrapped up into one. It's Hat Tricks with Patrick on Beyond FM. Regulators, mount up! You are the king of the world!
It's the best of everything STL Beyond FM. Welcome to the Monday night show. A little bit delayed, having some technical difficulties, but we're still getting the show on nonetheless for you all. It has been a interesting week, would you say? No, it was interesting. It was an interesting Sunday, just put it that way. Okay. So, yeah. freezing cold temperatures. All right, let's not be so dramatic here, all right? <laughs> oh, God, it, it was cold. It was it in was, the 40s. It, was, it felt like it was in the 30s with that wind chill. I love That him. wind made it feel so much worse. But you were, you were talking to two people that made it through the first game for the St. Louis Battlehawks. Yes, sir. Because the law, man, 38,000 strong. 38,310 people were at the Battle Dome this past Sunday for the first home game for the St. Louis Battlehawks. Breaking all spring football seasons. Breaking the XFL record. Another XFL record as well for attendance. I want to say it was the Battlehawks record. I want to say it was the, I think you're probably right. It was the Battlehawks record. And I found an, I saw an interesting factoid, uh, a total of 45,000 people showed up for in total for the four games for week four, right? And this was, or for week three, I think. For week three throughout the entire XFL. So the, for the four games, 45,000 plus showed up for all four games, right? We almost did that by ourselves. Yes. Had they opened up more than one, more than like three different spots think- in the upper deck, they probably would have gotten over 40K. I'll say, I think, and I, I don't know, this fact checkers might want to check this, but I think there were still close to 10,000 seats that could have been opened. Oh, guaranteed. And there was some, there was a lot of seats down low that were definitely open for sure, but. Tickets were spot for. T- t- <laughs> they were bought. T- there was 38,310. And you, me, Tony, we're all sitting together up top. Rustin was there down at the bottom, even though he showed up. Pretty freaking late, unlike the rest of us that were dedicated enough to show up at about 1130. Yeah, I mean, that's what hoodies are for, let me tell you guys. If you don't want to carry your beverages around with you, wear a hoodie. And Doug was doing that. He was uh, triple and quadruple fisting the uh, the came in uh, margaritas. margaritas and a few Bud Lights to go along with it. We were having a hell of a time. We were, we were pretty We good. saw so many people and we were going back and we went from, we started off when we got there, we parked near the land or near, I would say the landing pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, the Horseshoe uh, Casino. Yeah, we were next to there and people instantly got out out of party buses, out of cars, and they were ready to freaking party. Start cracking them open. They cracked them open. They were playing music. They even had heaters. There were people that had heaters out there. Heard some uh, old-time DMX. (laughs) Quite a bit yesterday. Quite a bit, yes, even when we were inside. We also got to see a, a few people that were just, we were dressed to the, we were trying to dress warm. These guys are not dressed very warm. Legion of Doom. We saw the Legion of Doom. Mankind. <laughs> um, We've seen a few Ray Mysterios. We've seen a few Ray Mysterios. Yeah, some Ray Rays. Uh, welcome to the Hall of Fame, Ray. Yes. Uh, we, you we know saw- who else got not for the Hall of Fame this year? Mm-hmm. Dave. Dave. Batista. You think he is? That's I, what I saw. Well, we're not going to get too far off track, but I've heard Muda is supposed to be too. I did see that. 
So I the great Muda to do with the retirement. So this could be a great, an interesting year for the Luchador WWE Hall of Fame. Ray Mysteri- Mysterio, Great Muda, and Dave Batista. I mean, what a Hall of Fame class for 2023. So far, that yeah. kind of beats out like a few the last few years. But again, we we can't get too sidetracked. Got to talk some Battlehawks. I mean, the Battlehawks win 24 to 11 to 11 over the uh, Arlington Renegades. And it was a great atmosphere. You want to talk about one of the big misses that the Rock could, Rock had was by not showing up that night. Here's he was the at the Oscars. We understand that. He sent Danny Garcia, the actual owner, one of the main owners of the NXFL, in her place, and she got a hell of a reception. Yeah, and here, here's the thing. I mean, first off, finally... <laughs> The XFL is back in St. Louis. Finally, the the Battlehawks are back in St. Louis. Um, here's the thing. If The Rock, did he need to show up? No. Because we sold the tickets. We broke the records without him being there. If we ha- it had, wouldn't he have made a difference. It, I don't think it would have made a difference. But We it were there to support the team. But it would have made a definite impact to see how much he respects the city of St. Louis and how much he acknowledges that the city of St. Louis is uh, and can support a football team. Uh, not only are we supporting a football team, right now we're supporting a league because, I mean, we've had one game in inside the Battle Dome has beat out what the rest of the teams have put up. We in. have the D.C. Defenders this coming Saturday, Ooh. which, you know, as you, you've pointed out a few times, the uh, the fight with uh, within the last couple of weeks, and that was the only Battlehawk loss so far. They're 3-1 and one on the season, facing off against the, DC, against the D.C. Defenders, who are also 3-1. and one. So it could be an all-time grudge match. And do you... Really think anybody should miss that one? No, I think a lot of people are going to. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be another packed, uh, packed day or packed night. Um, Saturday night at the Battle Saturday Dome. night at the Battle Dome. We need to get that changed. It's no longer the Dome, Dome in America. America. The it's Dome in America battle, Center. Battle Dome. It's the Battle Dome. It's got to be the right. Battle Dome. Um, but no, you know, it's going to be a grudge match. It's going to be down and dirty, and. For all you that don't know XFL rules, good luck. Um, because <laughs> you go to a game and you still don't know what the hell's going on. I mean, on. We, there, we didn't see too much of the craziness that's happened in a few different games. You know, there was the double forward pass. That's legal in the XFL. Yeah. We did see a two-point attempt conversion and a three-point attempt conversion. We did see... We didn't see the uh, crazy uh, turnover or try to get the ball back after. I was, after. Really hoping, that, I was uh, hoping that was going to be part of it, too. they would... That he or the Renegades would have went down and scored there at the end, and just to see the fourth and fifteen. Yeah, the fourth and fifteen rule. So, if a team scores instead of kicking and deferring back to the other team, they have a chance. They have to go for it on fourth and fifteen from their own. I think it's thirty-five yard line. That's only if they're down in the fourth quarter. Can that right. actually be done? And if they don't convert, the other team gets the ball at the thirty-five yard line. Did you see the overtime rules? 
No, I haven't seen the overtime rules. So yet. the overtime rules, it's pretty much they go back and forth on the two-point conversion until somebody misses it. So kind of like college football rules a little bit. Like, yeah. Uh, like late overtime college football rules, yeah. basically. Okay. It's pretty much a shootout. It's a shootout. Yeah. I mean, it's not. that doesn't sound too bad. That, would be, look like, that sounds like it would be fun. Yeah, just basically just going back and forth, just going back and forth. Pong. Pong we uh, we got a lot of stuff to cover for tonight. Uh, first thing is going to hit the concert calendar. We also need to hit a few of the wrestling uh, events yeah. coming up because our own, our very own good friend, friend of the show, who's been on the show so many times, the Gary one and only freaking Jay, Gary Jay, the stiff robo ginger. He's got uh, wrestling at the Grandel. I think it's St. Louis versus the world again. Yeah, it's going to be it's this great. coming week. So uh, this Saturday, this uh, St. Louis Anarchy has a show coming up. Uh, I want to say the first weekend or the second weekend of April. We have to look that up here in a second, but we got to hit the concert calendar first, right? Quick, uh, fight! I heard Fightback Mountain had a hell of a time at uh, the pageant this past weekend. They were so Beyond FM presents Lillian Kilgore with the Manus Brothers in Shades in Blue, and that is on Minor Standard on uh, March the twenty fifth. At Pops Road to Point Fest, Session 1, Dead Birds Can Fly, At My Worst, Misplaced Religion, On All Sides, and Warhead on April 1st now. It's Pops Road to, Road to Point Fest, Session 2, Split 6-6, six, six, H7, Sacrifice the Sacred, Accidentally on Purpose, and 1781, Pops Beyond FM uh, present Scrub, ATG, Egan's Rat, Smiley Boy, Cop to Great, City FME, that is going to be on the 7th of April. Looking ahead towards uh, the very next day, Blueberry Hill Duck Room, Beyond FM Local Showcase, the 45 Inner Outlines, Modern Angst. And I still say I've never been to the Blueberry Hill Duck Room, and I think that's going to be a hell of a show. I've I can't, never been there. I I've can't never wait been. to go. <clears throat> You've never been to Blueberry Hill? No. I was saying that's what we should have done for your birthday. It's not too late. It's not too late. we got to go there. Never too late. The same night, Pops, Road to Voy- Point Fest, Session 3, Bigfoot, Brave New World, Burn, Red Sky, Dead 7, and 86 Red, and then Red Flag on May the 2nd, Head PE with special guests Midwest Avengers and Gorilla Theory and Tree 14. Get your tickets Hello. now. Uh, you want to be featured on the uh, Beyond FM concert calendar, calendar, hit us up at beyondfm24-7 at gmail.com or message us on the socials. Also, Doug has his show coming up. I believe it's April 22nd. Yeah. So April 22nd at the American Legion Post and Florissant. That's post number 444. You can type that in on Google or G, uh, Google Maps, Apple Maps, all that good stuff. And it will pull up the address. Um, we're going to have four bands. Uh, it's going to be a great day. Coach Music, Bad Tattoo, Weekend Soundtrack, and our very own here at Beyond FM, Crystal O'Connor and the Whiskey Rebels, to close out that show. Uh, Jess made some big moves today. We got some vendors going to be coming in. Um, but we also, as of today, are going to have um, Dogs on Duty, um, which is a organization locally that works with therapy dogs um they train different types of therapy dogs uh, military canines police canines search and rescue 
and uh, mental health uh, dogs. So they're going to be out there um, with some dogs that are in training, some that are uh, ready for adoption. Um, so you can get information on that and uh, start the application. Nice, nice. As we said before, we got the House of at the House of Anarchy. Got to mention that because we are going to be there hanging out. Boom. Hopefully, the next event we are going to broadcast live. We're going to have some few people showing up here in the next couple of weeks showing up on the show because we also got. It comes in waves. They want to be on the show. Yeah. Also, the 45 have been talking about coming on the show, doing a little, uh, as they like to call a fireside chat, yeah, as like you will. <laughs> yeah, they, they do not like being interviewed. But here is, as seen on St. Louis Anarchy, Friday, April 14th, doors open from 545 to 6 p.m. Pre-event party at 615. Main card starts at 7 at the House of Anarchy. Here's the lineup they have so far. So far, one called Manders, Mad Don Connolly one-on-one. Gary J takes on Anakin Murphy. Oh, that's going to be a good match. That is two going to be friends. yeah, two good friends. Uh, the Death Wish Anakin Murphy faces off against the Stiff Robo Ginger. Uh, looking at a couple of the other cards, got a couple of title matches on hand. Another match up is Thomas Shire versus Adrian Surge. The Destination Championship is on the line. Christian Rose versus Davy Vega, and the Gateway Heritage Championship. Derek Neal versus. The American Werewolf, Davey Richards. Ooh. That is going to be a dope show as seen on Anarchy 2023, Friday, April 14th. We are going to be there. And this will this should be, if you don't show up for the next one, uh, the Grandel with for I Gary J. I can't be there this weekend, unfortunately. If, if you miss that, this is going to be, I think, your second independent show you've ever been to? Yeah, so unfortunately I can't make it this weekend. Prior commitments. Um, Sorry, Gary. To... Uh, Safari Club International that uh, I can't miss. Safari Club International, that is the most interesting excuse I've ever heard you use. Well, I'm a board member, (laughs) and our local chapter here in St. Louis is uh, Banquet is this uh, Saturday. Well, if you want to be featured on the concert calendar, make sure to hit us up at beyondfm24-7 at gmail.com. We are going to take a break, and we're going to play some new music from It Comes in Waves, and... Also, they are having a new single drop here in the next couple of weeks, as well as discrepancies. Man, it's got some new music coming all around St. Louis. They were just uh, up in Connecticut this weekend. I believe so. And they, they're supposed to be going to Louisville with Limp Biscuit here not too, before too long. I think we may have to make a road trip. I am down with that. What's I am so down with that. Just to go just to the fact I could see I could say I could see discrepancies on the same stage as Limp Bizkit. That would be a dope show. We'll be right back. You're listening to Beyond FM. Like I'm sitting here playing cards with my brother's kids or something.
introducing the best of everything STL. We mean everything. Everything, everything. This is Beyond FM. It's the best of everything STL Beyond FM. You're listening to the Monday Night Show. It is the hat trick. Doug's in the studio. Yep, yep. 
I am in the studio as well. We're just chilling, just enjoying some good St. Louis tunage. Still coming off that high from the Battle Hawks, being at the Battle Dome, being a part of freaking history. And apparently there's more history supposed to be made. So, St. Louis City SC... They're three and zero right now. Yes. They beat the Tim. They beat the Portland uh, Timbers or whatever they are out in, uh, in, in a, Portland in Portland in a late start. Like it was like nine thirty. Yeah, when was, the game uh, started nine thirty Saturday night. The game started. Um, they actually become the second team in expansion history to go three and zero, which is crazy. It's crazy to think about. I believe the other team is the Seattle Sounders. Yes. I believe is the name for that team. Yes. Guys, we're still learning the names of the NFL <laughs> teams. We will get there. We will get there. Apparently, uh, so also, pretty interesting uh, history made a special night this past Saturday. Miguel Perez. Does that name sound familiar? Yeah. He's a 17-year-old St. Louis kid that got his first official start for St. Louis City SC. That's a good, good start there. That is a great start. And this coming Saturday with the game against the San Jose Quake, it's supposed to be, they're already calling it possibly the largest crowd in MLS history. Well, if that's the case... Wouldn't we have had that opening night? Because we apparently, sold out. We sold, Well, apparently there wasn't, like, all... It didn't sold, sell out completely. 22,000 was the first time. They're thinking it's going to top at 23-24. Hey, if we can get those last couple tickets, last couple seats filled, hey, St. Louis is all about filling up stations. I mean, and here's the thing. I, don't, I was looking into this today, too. Uh, for that game, this coming Saturday... You know how much tickets are going for? You told me yesterday, like one twenty-four. Yeah, we looked again today. I was at, uh, I was working today, one seventy-five, nice. cheapest seat you could find. So uh, what time? <laughs> Seven o'clock start. Man, we are missing out on everything this week. No, I don't know. No I don't... wrestling at the, the Grandel. Yeah, well, you're you might be missing out wrestling the Grandel. If I don't make it to St. Louis City SC, which I probably don't because it's one hundred and seventy-five dollars, might make it to the wrestling at the Grandel. What about, what about Battlehawks? Battlehawks of this weekend, oh, too. Yeah, that's another All thing. All same time. Ooh. Oh, man, that's unfair. That is that is gravely unfair. How is that? That part of downtown is going to be rocking because you do realize, you realize, St. Louis City SC Soccer Stadium is with less than, like, four miles away from the, from the Battle Dome. Yeah, it's not too far uh I was thinking it's like pretty much right next door to Union Station, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Well, basic. So where? You, okay, so you drop me off at the radio station, at, right? Yeah. So you look back the other way and you see like the uh, public library right there mm-hmm. on the right hand side. Go up that hill, and it's right there at the other side of the hill. The Blues don't have a game Saturday home, do they? I don't know, but if they do, it, you, City. You, good luck getting. Uh, getting around downtown, just put it that way. Now I need to look it up and see if the Blues actually do have a game going on Saturday. So the only thing I've seen so far negatively about yesterday, and I don't know if you caught this on the official Battlehawks Facebook page. Oh, boy. People complaining about the Portageons. That there wasn't enough. 
They were disgusting. I mean, and there was no toilet paper. I mean, they were porta johns that were left out from the night before, from, Wake the, up, or from, the, from the day before for St. Patty's Day. Those porta, like you said, those porta johns were pretty much there from the day before. So uh, the city of St. Louis kind of muffed that one up a little bit. They, I saw, and I'm not lying. I saw people saying they would have rather seen more porta johns than food trucks. Alcohol vendors and bands. I mean, the bands thing I can understand, but you know, to properly tailgate, you got to have the food trucks. You got to have the the alcohol. Here's the thing: traditional tailgating, you bring your own food, you barbecue, you bring your own alcohol. (laughs) So, I mean, they had a good point there, but here's the thing: it's the city of St. Louis. Mm. Every street corner is a bathroom. And every street corner that turns into a bathroom becomes a uh, sex offender case afterwards. That's how you end up on a registry. That's that's one reason why I've always been f- uh, fearful of going downtown during like Mardi Gras or going downtown during like St. Patty's Day. You just got to know where to go. You can't just do it out in the open. You go down a weird alley and you still end up getting caught. I, I've known plenty of people that have done Look, that. You can't pee on the homeless people. All right. Some of them are undercover cops. Some of them are undercover <laughs> cops. I would never do that, that myself. That's not the shower they want. I, I would never do that myself. I'm not that type of person, but come on. <laughs> oh. So. So it's, uh, I would say, I mean, overall, I think that was probably like the only complaints anybody has really made about over the weekend. Here, the one thing that I could say that I was so, I was really most proud of hearing is the simple fact that people said they the crowd was loud as hell on the television. And it was. It was loud as hell when we were in the dome. So I wonder how clear Cronky sucks. <laughs> Not hockey TV. sucks, as Rustin thinking, was thinking he was hearing. Rustin uh, texted us and said, why are people saying hockey sucks? And it's like, no, 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 it's Cronky sucks. And then he makes a point saying, makes a point to us in our group text, basically saying, oh, that guy still lives in your head rent free. I mean, here's the thing. We got did pretty freaking dirty. You have to, like, you, you got to acknowledge the fact that we got did hella fucking dirty by Stan Kroenke. And the whole city in itself got insulted. Well, okay, so let's break this down a little bit deeper. Because this is deeper than just what happened the last two or three seasons that the Rams were in St. Louis. Mm. I mean, this goes back to when Miss Georgia brought the team here. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she was... On her deathbed and sold the team to Stan Kroenke. She, when she, yeah, when the she deal was, was, he made, he, 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 he promised the team here in St. Louis. He promised her on his deathbed that he would keep the Rams in St. Louis and do everything he could. And then she passed away. And then that's when you start seeing the wheel start coming. Right like, after that. It's the, the Jeff Fisher hiring, yeah. which we thought at the time, we all thought, holy crap, but this guy went to the Super Bowl. Holy crap, this is this might be a good thing. It, it this, started before that, though. It's, this could be a good thing with Jeff Fisher getting signed. But you're right. It did start before that because look at how many draft picks we had in the top 15 
years prior to that, how many of them and how many of those draft picks did we pass on guys that ended up becoming great superstars? The year that we took Tavon Austin, I believe that was the same year Darrell Revis was there. Yeah. I believe there was uh, at least four or five running backs. I think, I don't, I don't want to say Adrian Peterson. I believe uh, Devontae Freeman could well, have been drafted. So, you got to think back even farther than that. So, but let's let's talk 2000, 99-2000. Rams won Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Dick Vermeil retires. Buddy, no. Yes. He, well, he ends up he coaching Kansas back. City. He, well, ends up he retired and then came back, but not for the Rams. He came back for Kansas City. Who stepped in? I want to say it was, my, it was Martz. Yes. Yeah, offensive Mike, coordinator, Mike Martz. Offensive coordinator, Mike, Mike Martz. Ooh. And... and I, Here's the thing. I've heard he I was calling both as head coach and offensive coordinator for the first couple seasons. True. Terrible idea. Because you can't see it from both perspectives at the same time. Because he had to be on the field. He couldn't be up in the coach's booth making the calls. Right. All right. Kurt Warner leaves. Who steps in? Mark Bolger. What did the Rams start doing after Warner left? There was no O-line no more. Bolger was a sitting target. Orlando Pace got hurt a lot because he was only in maybe like five or six years before he started having issues. They were having a revolving door. I would say it was a revolving door at the right tackle position more than anything. And they were picking up uh, random, like they picked up Kyle Turley who Kyle Turley was a head case and he never amounted much. They were just starting to pick up like, and they got Richie incognito and ran with Richie incognito, who turned out to be a complete and total psychopath mm-hmm. and got himself ran out of the league after, you know, at least 10 different stints with like 20 different teams for I so mean, long. You know, Bolger got beat up and then, he still had a hell of a career. Would did, I think that Mark Bolger had a better career somewhere else? He, he, if had he had the offensive line that Warner had, there is a good chance Mark Bolger and the Rams could have won at least two Super Bowls because he was good. The Super he Bowl still had Tory Brady. Yeah, would have been different if he had an O line. That's not wrong. There's not. That's not wrong at all. I think also. The defense had a lot to do with it because, you know, guys were starting to get a little bit older. Leonard, they weren't. There was a lot of bad gaffes, too, on certain personnel. Oz Akeem comes to mind. They put, they kept, he led the league in muff punts and they still kept him out there. And that's what screwed up uh, a playoff series or a playoff game against uh, New Orleans. I mean, then you also have the, uh, you know, we went from Marshall Falk, who was next? Uh, <laughs> he ended his career in Atlanta. No, not after, no. He was. Uh, they went with Trey Mason. Oh, they did go Trey. And they went with. Was, they went with Trey Mason, and then they went with uh, Steven Jackson. No, there was another running back in between there. The kid that they kept on, or maybe that was later. Maybe it was Steven Jackson. They brought in Steven Jackson, and then they started having that revolving door of, like, Trey Mason. And then there was another uh, Zach. Um, uh, God. 
Because I know Benny Cunningham was one. Todd Gurley was at the end. Of at St. the Louis. end, yeah, it was Zach uh, Zach Stacy. Yes, they ended up ended up killing somebody a number of years ago. But Zach Stacy got drafted in the second round, and everybody was thinking, "Oh, this guy's got potential. He's got a future." And he turned out to be horseshit. Well, I mean, and there again, uh, I mean, your quarterback isn't the only one that suffers from a terrible O line, right? Your running back and fullback aren't going to do anything if they're not getting the... If they can't block, if these are not supposed to be running back type, like blocking running backs, they're going to get trampled on. And they got nowhere to go, and they're going to start getting hit. They're going to get beat up. So I looked this up, too, by the way, uh, to prove my point about the the weird draft that we ended up having. Tavon Austin, 2013. He went eighth overall. Guess who went a little bit later? Who? Kenny Vaccaro. One of the best safeties in the game for a while. Who went later than that? Eric Reed, Kyle Long, Desmond Trufant. Here's a name for you, and this is going to piss you off. I guarantee you this will piss you off. DeAndre Hopkins went 27 to the Houston Texans. And and we passed on him. Here's the thing, though. One time, and he went right before we took Alec Ogletree at the 30th pick. Here's the thing, though. By 2013, he was already packing his bags. Who? Cronky. Oh, yeah. Cronky had already yeah. started packing. Yeah, he would. He was already started packing, and that was never more evident than you look at the draft picks. I mean, we take Alec Ogletree at 30, but we also got uh, Tavon Austin, an undersized wide receiver. One of the smallest wide receivers at the A spot out of West Virginia. Like, really, you couldn't have made it a little bit more obvious than that. And looking at even further into the draft, Robert Woods went to Buffalo. Uh, Le'Veon Bell in the second round goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he had a hell of a career. Jamie Collins, uh, Vance McDonald, Monte Ball went to the Denver Broncos from the University of Wisconsin. Eddie Lacy. Travis Kelsey, T. third round, fell to the third round. We all know why, because he was a pothead and he got himself thrown off the team at the University of Cincinnati. But that was, I want to say that was more the year that we started to kind of notice the weird the drafting situations that the Rams were doing, and it was coming becoming evident that they were trying to tank. If, if the Rams would have drafted those players, those players don't have the career that they've had. And, you know, the Rams still might be in St. Louis because, you know, we draft one of the best wide receivers in the game that you said, you told me a little while ago, just got traded to the freaking Buffalo Bills. I couldn't find it anywhere other than that one source. I mean, it was Schefter. Was it Schefter on, was it the real Adam Schefter? It was, I think it's a fake account for one of the Bills players. Uh, Let's see what's going on in the news. But I will take that in a heartbeat. Apparently your buddy Trevor Bauer just got signed to play on in uh, Japan. So there's that. Uh, The free agent tracker. Did anybody, did you see the Aaron Rodgers tweet deal? No, I haven't seen the deal yet, but here's, here's some of the, so it's today we're still talking football. Here's uh, the first uh, day for free agency for the NFL. So some interesting signings, Bobby Okariki goes from the Colts uh, or to the Giants for four years, 40 million. 
Uh, Dolphins sign David Long. Giants get Matt Burita. The Raiders make a trade and get up Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G. Jimmy G is now in Oakland to take over for Derek Carr, which I don't know if Derek Carr's uh, actually signed a contract just yet. But I thought he did. Um, I have to go look who it was. But now here's an interesting one. Um, the Niners have reached a deal on a one-year deal with Sam Darnold. So they get rid of Jimmy G, and they pick up Sam Darnold, who is going to uh, take over for Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. Derek Carr, the new quarterback for the new uh, Orleans Saints. Oh, that's right. He did go to New Orleans. He'll be playing behind uh, Winston. Or do you think he actually takes over the job finally? The Bears made a lot of moves today. They tra- they picked up Tremaine, uh, Tremaine Edmonds from the Bills for a four-year, $72 million deal. Von Bell goes uh, to the Carolina Panthers from the Cincinnati Bengals. And it's just a whole list Aaron of Aaron like, Rodgers leaves Green Bay. And where does he go? The Jets. You think he goes to the Jets it's even though deal. they just sent Mike uh, It's a done Mike deal. White. I haven't seen anything though. It's Clutch. Uh, let's see. There's a lot of Aaron Rodgers tweets in the last hour. So far, nothing. Sports Illustrated reports Aaron Rodgers trade to New York Jets is done. It's saying it's done, but that was five hours ago on uh, a couple of different. It's until it's confirmed, 100 percent confirmed. By Adam Schefter and ESPN, I don't believe a word of shit that happens. Uh, Sports Illustrated. That'd be great to see him in a different uniform. I think it'll be definitely interesting. It's definitely going to be one of the more interesting stories of the entire offseason. So. See who Josh Allen gets this offseason for a little bit of backwards sport. It would definitely be, you know... I don't know. Who would you, it, well, he's got, if he just picked up DeAndre Hopkins. If it, if it actually went through. And Diggs might end up leaving. I don't want Diggs to leave. Well, he did kind of have some issues, like, as he went out the door, basically, for the after the season ended. So, all right, let's, uh, let's take another break. And we're going to come back. We're going to talk some, uh, talk some Cardinals baseball. Yeah. Because we're getting close. Season's almost here. 17 days. 17 days till home opener. Really? And so you're pregaming already, right? I'm a pregame until I run out of booze. <laughs> we'll be right back here on Beyond FM.
the best of everything STL beyond FM. Welcome back to the Monday night show. It's the hat trick. We are in a bit. We're pre-recording the show tonight. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks, you know, we got some guests coming in. We got the one and only the 45 Jared Gleason and the 45. They're supposed to be coming in. It comes in waves. They're supposed to be coming in. We've been talking with Gary J. He's trying to secure some guests for us. So we may be doing some Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night shows. We're time to time to talk some Cardinal baseball because we're in the middle of the World Baseball Classic, and I know you've been following along with that. Yeah, I have been, and unfortunately, yesterday was not Team USA's day down in Phoenix as they dropped to Mexico. I believe it was eleven to five it was. was the final score. Yep. But good news for the Cardinals. This has been great batting practice for some of the uh, players that ended the season with a slump last year as Lars Newtbar is just tearing it up in Japan. Uh, for Team Japan, you mean? Yeah, for Team Japan. Uh, Tyler O'Neill went 4 for 4 yesterday. Here's the here's the line on Tyler O'Neill: 4 for 4, a double, 4 ribbies, 4 runs, 2 walks. So he had six ba- six plate appearances for Team Canada yesterday. Did you see the score of the Korean game yesterday? No, I did not. 22-2 to two was the final score. They called it by mercy rule in the fifth inning. What was it again? 22-2. to two. So 22 is the mercy rule. Uh, I guess winning by 20 in the fifth inning Good would be Lord. considered. The, and I think it was against Taiwan. I think it was who they faced. Um, yeah, so World Baseball Classic is going to be great, like it is all, always. Uh, great Britain, figure out what you're going to do with your jerseys for the next one. Yeah, Because they, uh, going on Word and just typing Great Britain is not the way to go. It really was not one of the most aesthetically pleasing-looking jerseys you've ever seen, but, you know, they tried to make it work. Uh, some of the games being played today, Puerto Rico's beating Israel 9 to nothing in the fifth inning. And then Canada, Team Canada plays Team USA. Lance Lynn is on the mound for Team USA. 
You said that's Canada versus USA? Yep. That's going to be a good game. Um, so looking at some of the games from yesterday, Japan is 4-0. and Australia is 2-1. and Japan takes it 7-1. to Italy beats the Netherlands 7-1. to By the way, did you see what was in the Italy uh, Team Italy box? Or yeah, the dugout. coffee. The espresso machine. <laughs> yes. They had a legit espresso, Nespresso machine in their uh, in their dugout, I and they're doing s- all the teams. I don't know. I mean, they are playing. I believe they are playing in Japan. Are they not? They're playing in several different places. It's like the USA versus Mexico game was played in Phoenix. Some of the other scores: Israel beats uh, NCA. Not sure who that. Country that is, uh, Canada wins eighteen to eight over Great Britain yesterday, and then Venezuela falls to the Puerto Ricans nine to six. There's some, and this, there's a lot of Cardinal players that are being that are around yeah, pretty well, much the, the entire. The Cardinals passed their team around to the, all all the uh, countries this year, um, and you know what? Maybe Yachty's got something, man. I mean, you're not wrong. Not. He looks weird as a manager. Yeah, he does, and he's letting the letting the blonde <laughs> hair kind of grow out too. So here's the uh, the lineup for uh, or for Team USA versus Canada later today. Pete Alfonso, uh, Tim Anderson, Arenado at the third spot, Mookie Betts at four, Goldschmidt at five, Higa Higasaka at the catcher spot, McNeil and Mullins with Real Muto. Schwarber, who is now homered in every possible baseball game you could think of, World Baseball Classic, World Series, Division Series, uh, League Series, regular season game, and Little League World Series. Yeah. Uh, Trout, Tucker, and Turner, and Witt Jr. Canada's got a pretty good lineup themselves. Besides Tyler O'Neill, they also have uh, Freddie Freeman, Julian and Rodrigo Lopez, and I believe... All right, y'all. When you have a Japanese name and <laughs> a Mexican Toro. name, you should probably play in either Mexico or Japan. You're not wrong, <laughs> but... Then we put Lars Newbar in Japan. Lars, Lars Newbar apparently has, has Japanese roots, and his middle name is Japanese, so... You step on a duck over there? Oh, it's the dog. <laughs> Sorry, guys. If you can hear that, my dog's standing outside of our studio barking. So, one minor note we've had from uh, from the Cardinals spring training series is the fact that they took out yesterday. They had to take out Jordan Walker. There's no word if he's been back yet or if he's taken batting practice or anything like that. He had a bit of a shoulder strain. That's what they're calling it. Yeah, I saw but that. But he basically is had to take off, I believe, I want to say he made it through the first uh, three innings before they finally had to sit him down. Which, I mean, 17 days before the season starts, that's not a terrible thing as you're, we're going to want to start resting the people that could be potentially opening day rosters. That way we're not overstraining them. I mean, we got the World Baseball Classic going on, which is where most of our starters are right now. Right now, uh, Cardinal spring training is pretty much uh, those that may have been on the club last year that need to uh, prove that they belong there. And the 
uh, minor league invitations. So that was two days ago that Walker basically had to sit out. He's day to day and be reevaluated later on, I believe, on Tuesday. Uh, another rookie that's going off right now, Mason Wynn. Yeah. He, so a deep shot into, I believe it was right center on Sunday. He's standing on first and he made it, made it home and no problem. Yeah. Mason Wynn has got the wheels. And there was even a play made by, I believe it was Kisner at the catcher position. Kisner throws a pellet, but it's going to sail past second base. And he manages to make like this almost like a somersault type of catch and make the tag and record the out. And he's making all-star plays, and he's not. And we don't even know if he's going to be playing on the opening day roster. Right, and let's let's be honest. The chances of Mason Wynn making the opening day roster pretty, is pretty good. As a starter, if he keeps up with the line that he's got, where are you going to put him? You plug him in at second. What do you do with Tommy? Tommy, you put him at short. They're not gonna. They're not gonna take the young out. The young's gonna be at short opening day. It's if well, the th- I mean, do you t- honestly believe Tommy or Paul Paul DeYoung? It's his spot to put loose. But if Mason Wynn outperforms him, why not? Because they owe too much money to Paulie D. It's going to come down to money at shortstop. It's going to come down to money at shortstop, but it's got you have to understand there. It's got to come down to the guy that's going to give you the most production. Here's the thing, though: Paulie D's the veteran. Your veterans are your opening day roster, and it's there from there on. It's their job. To either perform or lose it. It's you're right. It's their job to perform or lose, but he's not performing. You haven't heard squat about Paulie D during this entire uh, spring training. Well, you've been hearing nothing but good things coming out of Mason Wynn. We, but that's the thing with the Cardinals farm system. We hear great things every year from the people that are down in the system, and just like last year, we were ecstatic about certain people down in the minors. That once they did get called up, they just did not perform at the major league level. Because there's a difference between spring training and that opening day. There is a big difference. But at the same time, you got to look at the fact that, you know, if Mason Wynn deserves the chance, he deserves the chance. The only other thing I have to say right now is a majority of the league, majority of the stars from the league are not at spring training. So they're not facing the all-star pitching. But, you know, Jordan Hicks is there throwing 101. I saw that 101 mile an hour in spring training. Boy, you better settle down before he, you throw your arm out he's again. Gonna throw, he's going to end up hurting himself once again. Damn. And I, I honestly hope that the Cardinals realize that they need, as an organization, as a coaching organization, need to step up and put their foot down. When it comes to uh, the pitching staff, because we've seen this time and time again, where the pitchers are the ones who tell the coaches what position they're going to be. We saw it with Carlos Martinez, who couldn't decide if he wanted to be a, 
a starter, a closer, or a mid-reliever. Now we're seeing it with Jordan Hicks, where Jordan Hicks says he's a starter. Sorry, bro, you're not a starting pitcher. You are a closing pitcher. You have the speed and the, uh, the velocity to be that one, two, three, ninth inning guy. So not getting the full line on Mason Wynn's stats so far, but I will say this. He's got a cannon for an arm. Yeah. Uh, earlier in spring training, he threw 99.9 from short to first. And then the next day, he came up and hit a 435-foot home run. He's only 20. And that was uh, that was softer than his throw last year from short to uh, first in the uh, – wasn't the all-star game. It was the Futures. Yeah. It was the Futures game, and he threw about 100.1 on that one, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Who was it? It was Amundo Sosa that uh, pegged the umpire, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was a, that was a play in-game, and, you know, it was a grounder out towards the sec- <laughs> out second base. He freaking just, just been tur- an easy out at turns, just He turns around and fires a pellet and nails the umpire square in the head. Umpire was like ten feet away from first base too. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't the best look for uh, Edmundo Sosa. So, all right, let's take uh, another break. Let's uh, come back. Let's finish things up with some blues hockey, and maybe Doug's got a dad joke. I always got a dad joke. You always got a dad joke. All right, we'll be right back here on Beyond FM. But it's murder Can't get no further uh, Why you running from it? A couple bucks wasn't much But it seemed like a trillion Some roof drop top Living life with no ceiling uh, I'm about to say what you want Ain't so heavy, baby Like a lump in my throat uh, Ain't ashamed to admit it Never go away It's here to stay Stay it, babe The vertigo, Virgo With an open hand, give it up. You run, I'm a shogun. Spit like a whole drum. But I'm a bum bum, gotta hold down the can. I'm good with the words, 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 words. Serve the first superb, top base at the pace. When they gonna learn if you concern, go and pray to your padre. Hey, I only make what God say. Hey, ain't no hating allowed on a hot day. Hey, we get better, but we get better. Who gon' bust when they under pressure? Cuddle butts and bloodlust Gotta trust what you construct But it's now or never, never, never. Live life like you're alive Cause we only get that Learning your knives They quarrel like in a mind Spit spinning till we faint And go unconscious Tainted youth come serious As we become delirious Gravity pulls us nauseous Should've been more cautious hey. Vertigo, 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 Vertig
It's the best of everything, STL Beyond FM. What's happening? It's the Monday Night Show. Uh, time to talk a little blues hockey, which, you know, season... I wouldn't say the season's over, but the season... Because there's a lot of games left. Do I think we have a chance for the playoffs? If we go on a winning streak for the rest of the season. Which, right now, we have actually won, I believe... Three out of our last four. Three out of our last four, but actually four out of our last seven so four and three out of the last seven games. We got Minnesota coming up on Wednesday, a date with Washington on Friday, Winnipeg Sunday, Detroit, back-to-back games, Anaheim, Kings, Vancouver, Chicago, Nashville. That finishes out April. And then a few games left to go for the month. Or for, that was that finishes out March, and a few games left to go for the finish out for the uh, rest of the season in April with a Holman uh, Way series against Dallas. So... The Blues have proven this year that they don't want to go to the playoffs. I wouldn't want to go to the playoffs at this point either. See the fact that the team that we've kind of rostered right now, I would say, is a f- kind of resembling that of the Springfield Thunderbirds, our AHL affiliate, and they are not looking too well. We have the honesty. mighty ducks of the NHL. A bunch of thrown-together hockey players right now. I would say that's that's a fair assessment because you look at the stats right now and you look at this team, it's just not – they're not – I wouldn't say they're not clicking because they kind of are. They kind of are clicking at this point. But you got to look at where this team sits from where they started. The start of the year – How the start of the year – we expected good things from Jordan Cairo. Expected good things from Robert Thomas. We expected big things from Ryan O'Reilly in a contract year. Tarasenko in a contract year. All of this. And it just has not kind of really settled that way. Well, I mean, Cairo did enter the 30 club yesterday. Yes, he did. Um, as I said on the radio. Got a hat uh, trick. As they, well, he got a hat trick uh, two, days, two days before yeah. against Columbus. There'll be a plaque in the mail for you, sir. Especially with that, especially with that empty netter game winner. So, I mean, do you really? All right, if you are Kairu, I mean, I get it. It goes towards your stats. Thirty goals in the season, but twenty for Bucci, seventeen for Shen. For your hat trick with it, you with, have to with pride. Well, the, see, the fact that it was Robert Thomas that kind of set him up for it. RT had a clear open shot, and he wanted to give him the hat trick, so he fired. I, I get that, but I mean. Do you, do you go home and like I got a hat trick tonight when it's an empty netter? Yeah, I mean, 
Or did you just Why take not? it as another point? I would take it as another point, but I would also say it was a hat trick because the first two definitely count. I would say the first two definitely count, so the third one was a gimme. So you had to get that. So looking at the stats, Kyrou leads the entire team with 63 points, and the closest person to him is Buchnevich at 58, and RT's at 58 as well. After that, it's kind of, I don't want to say crapshoot, but it's more or less that situation. You got JB leading the team with penalty minutes. Which I don't think that's true, but he definitely is not leading the league in, save, in goals against with uh, 33.3. Mm. The 3.33 goals against average. Which, I mean, that's not terrible because I've seen some of his games this season, and he's, that's pretty low. It he It is pretty low considering the fact that, you know, he's 22, 24, and 5 in 51 games played for this season. His save percentage is hella low at .894. He... It's just not been the best year for him and for the team itself. I mean, if the Blues want to do anything, the biggest thing they need to do after this season is uh, first bring uh, Ryan O'Reilly back home to St. Louis and put that C back on him. We don't have a captaincy. That's going to be. It's the weirdest thing about the end of this season is the fact that we do not have a captaincy for the next. I believe it's twenty freaking games left to go in the season. Here's the thing: there's not a single person on this team right now. That is playing like they deserve it. I would say, well, you don't think Cairo or Robert Thomas? I think one of those two within the next. If they here's the thing, if they don't bring back ROR and they have to new, name a new captain, I guarantee you it's going to have to come down to one of those two because they are on this team for the next eight seasons. Or do they go with the veteran that's on the team for another five seasons? None of us like because he's a terrible defense. I would say because okay. our last hold on hold on last hold on. captain hold before on. hold on. Here's the thing: Do you think that he is just that terrible, or do you think that he is just having a really really bad season because he has not been able to it's number one? It's been several seasons. It, but this is this is like historically like one of the worst defensive seasons out of Cole Perez. He's what got us knocked out of the playoffs by Colorado last year. This is true. That giveaway and then him standing in front of the net didn't do us any favors. That scored a goal with less than like 10 seconds left. But can you, he still had a decent enough season before that point? I think maybe there's something to this statement that I'm about to make. That might have been a turning point for him. And that might have been the cause of a lot of the issues he's having now because he's put so much pressure on himself. Everybody blamed him for that situation, myself included. I know you did as well. They Everybody blamed him. And maybe he's got that kind of issue. He has not been the same since his line mate left the team. Jordan or uh, J-Bow. Yeah. Petrangelo. You think it was Pedro? Him and Petra were line mates for the longest time. I think he's had an issue ever since J-Bo had to retire. Did he really have to retire? I mean, things happen in hockey. Pronger went on for several more seasons after his heart attack on the ice. I mean. He had a, it wasn't a full-on heart attack, though. J-Bo had a full-on fucking heart attack. I think there's a bit of a difference. Not to sound insensitive. (laughs) Insensitive. But you did. (laughs) I mean, but here's my point on that was 
not to be an insensitive asshole. Too late. How many players in hockey have severe injuries and still continue to play? Chris Letang has had like how many strokes now? How about the the unintentional stabbings that happen on the ice from skates? Uh, who was it? Grant Fuhrer that had his who caught the skate. Uh, I don't know about Fuhrer, but I know Clint Malarchuk did. Right across the throat? Yeah. Clint Malarchuk caught that skate across the throat against St. Louis and pretty much cut the jugular. <laughs> Somehow he survived. And granted, he played again. He, yeah, he played again, but you know he never sought counseling or anything like that. that he probably should have. He definitely should have. But looking at the Blues, I would say season's pretty much I would say the season's pretty much over, so get your tickets while you can. And hey, start. we got first we got first round draft picks next year. We bro. have we're currently sitting with three. Count them three first round draft picks. One that is probably guaranteed for the top ten, and this is projected to be. We've said it before. It's projected to be the, probably the most uh, depth in at a hockey draft in history. Outside of Connor Bedard, there's at least like another ten to fifteen players that could crack the opening day roster for any freaking team next year. Let's put it this way. Let's see. I'm 33 years old. I can probably count on one hand how many times the Blues haven't made a playoff spot in my lifetime. So you remember the uh, early 2000s? The cellar dweller years. I mean, post lockout after the trade for Pat for Pronger. I didn't say it was. There was at least there was at least. I want to say when the streak when we ended the streak of twenty five straight years of playoff appearances in o three after the o three o four season because it was the Pronger trade that that sent off uh, that brought in Eric Brewer. It was the retirement retirement of Al McKennis. It was the letting. Pavel Dimitra walk and him signing on with Vancouver. And there was a whole list of other players that left during that time. And we were basically a AHL team, more or less. And we missed the playoffs, I want to say, four straight seasons. And at one point, we were at the bottom of the freaking league at the end of the year. That's how we got Eric Johnson, who ended up not being damn thing. We're not in the bottom of the league, but we're not in the. We're definitely. Season's not over yet. Season's not over yet. But we still can play for that one. Number one draft pick overall. Well, it comes down to it, they got to do the lottery too, which I believe the lottery is like a week after the season ends. The regular season or yeah. the whole season? Yeah, it's like a week after the regular season, so it's in the middle of the playoffs. So, I, yeah, they, that, that's when they decide basically when and who gets the uh, the number one pick. Let's and go, where Blues. Where everybody finishes out. No, let's go to the opponents. You want that number one pick? You want to take over? That's that? what I'm saying. So, the reminder, this coming uh, Saturday, it's going to be packed downtown. Yeah, let's put it this way. <laughs> Just be safe, people. If, if you, you are going downtown this weekend, please be safe because we got St. Louis City SC. We got some Battlehawk football. And down over in the Central West End, you got the Grand Isle Wrestling uh, featuring a few St. Louis natives down there, including Gary J. and Anakin Murphy. So, If you don't have your tickets, get your tickets now. If you can't get your tickets, stay the F home. <laughs> I'm going to have a hell of a time trying to get downtown. That's for damn sure. That's right. going to suck when you have to go to work that night. Oh, my God. It's going to be an interesting night. It's going to be a religious experience. I'm going to be screaming at everybody trying to move, trying to get around. 
All right. Dad joke of the week brought to you by Doug Moore and Corporal Jacob Madden Foundation. We're going to start doing it like that. How about that? I like that. <laughs> Let me hear it. Let's, what, what do you got? If April showers brings May flowers, what do May flowers bring? Pilgrims. Yeah. I heard that one more. <laughs> All right, that's the way we're going to end things tonight. Thank you for tuning in. It is a recorded show, but we appreciate you listening anyways. As always, make sure to follow us on all the socials. Uh, Hopefully next week we'll be back. We'll have all the bugs fixed and whatnot. And coming back on a Tuesday, presumably, hopefully. Yeah. Because we might be going to Raw. Monday Night Raw in St. Louis is the go-home show before WrestleMania. So we might be at Monday Night Raw partying it up. You know, Dougie's going to have a few more of his uh, Cayman Jack margaritas that he was rocking at the at the tailgates. Yeah. So he might have a few more for the Monday Night Show. Never for know. Raw. We'll have to hit up our boy uh, Trigger Troy and make sure he's coming. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> All right. Catch you all next week. All right. Have a good night, everybody. You're listening to Beyond FM, the best of everything STL. The best of everything STL. You're goddamn right. Beyond FM.